up, Internet? You're tuned in to episode 113 of the Potscast. I'm your host, Pete and Bessie, joined, as always, by my very good friend, Mr. Stephen Radford. Hello. And returning to the show this week, the Utah Overlord, Mr. Chewy Plays. Hey, how's it going? (laughs) (laughs) What's going on, buddy? Thank you for coming back. We are here for, what, week three of our Ring Fit February challenge. We are all, you know... We've proven that we're true swole mates here. We're going to talk about that a little bit later. Um, if you haven't been keeping up, we have been exercising all month using Ring Fit Adventure. Uh, Chewy has, it was his idea. He's been joining us here and chatting about it. It's been a blast. We will, of course, be talking about that a little bit later. But before that, of course, we've also got uh, the, a little bit of the Nintendo Direct recap. We've got some news from BlizzCon to talk about. We've got the leaking of Rare's canceled N64 title Dinosaur Planet. Some crazy stuff this week, including Zelda's 35th anniversary that we're going to talk about in our main topic. An absolutely packed show, even if we didn't have a Nintendo Direct this week. So I, you know, without further ado, let me get through the shilling so we can jump into this this nonsense week we have ahead of us. Uh, so, of course, we are the Podcast. We are LootPots.com's weekly Nintendo and gaming podcast. You can get it every Monday morning, wherever you get your podcasts. Of course, we would appreciate it if you would go and get it over on YouTube. We have our brand new Podcast channel we launched just a few months ago. Uh, this past week, we made a big push. We are trying to get to 100 subscribers so that we can get our custom URL and, you know, push push the channel a little bit more. We have a lot of really exciting stuff coming to the new channel later this year. Uh, so you're going to want to go check it out. You're going to want to get that subscribe in there. And we'd really appreciate it. Even if you never plan on going and listening on YouTube, if you're an audio person, just take the two seconds, hop over there, give us a subscribe. It really would help us out. And thank you to everyone who went and did that this week. We really appreciate it. We're up to like 70-something this week from, we were in like the 30s. So thank you so much for everybody who came out in droves. Yeah, we're just about to cross the 80 mark, which I was so happy about. Like Beautiful. In a single day, we went from like 33 up to 79. And I was so happy. Thanks to everyone that, that went and subscribed. And like Pete said, if, you're not, if you don't plan on listening to the show there, just subscribing. Get us that URL. Once we've got that URL, you can just forget about the show there. <laughs> you can keep listening <laughs> how you always listen in your podcast app of choice. Uh, but for the time being, if you can help us out, would, we would really, really appreciate it. And, and again, worth pointing out, there will be some exclusive content coming to there sooner or later that we probably won't throw on the RSS feed. That'll be you know like extra little video tidbits. So um, for that stuff, you're going to go check it out. If you enjoy what we do here, you're going to enjoy that extra stuff. I guarantee it. Um, speaking of other stuff that you can check out, you can head over to our Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash loot where we've been streaming every Thursday night. And actually for the last couple weeks, we've been streaming on Friday nights too. And it's been a blast. Um, so, uh, this past week on Wednesday, Steve and I, uh, we live streamed the Nintendo direct with a bunch of members of the community who came and hung out. We did our, our uh, Nintendo D- Direct reactions right after that. So if you want to go hear me and Steve's full thoughts of everything that went on in this week's Nintendo direct, you can of course go and check that out. Um, we're going to talk about Chewy's impressions in just a minute. Um, but yeah, so that's a little bit of extra uh, loot pots for you this week. But then also uh, we went and did a stream with our pals uh, Sierra Plus Ultra and AJ from Fanatics 4. We were over on Sierra's channel, raided over to ours. Uh, we've been doing that the last two weeks. So if you want to get the whole journey of our time in Super Mario 3D World, uh, you're going to have to start on Sierra's channel and come to ours. Uh, but the VODs are up. They're great. It was a blast. Um, we're probably going to do it again next week. So I hope you'll come tune in to all the fun stuff we've been doing over on Twitch. It's been a blast. We've really been having fun hanging out with all you guys and, uh, and seeing new people come and tune in and, and figure out what we're all about. 
Um, so yeah, go check that stuff out and uh, have some fun with us. And then last but not least, um, oh no, sorry, the social stuff. Go follow us at Loopots on Twitter and Instagram. Come join the Discord. You can write to me at Pete at Loopots.com. That's the best way to get involved in the show and get your thoughts right on the air during our weekly MailPot segment, which we've got a couple this week to jump into. Uh, and then finally... Last but not least, you can head over to patreon.com slash loopods, where for just a buck, you can get access to our extra show, After Dark, where we keep the mics rolling for another hour or so, and we talk about, you know, what's going on in our lives, what TV we're watching, you know, um, just kind of anything that doesn't fit in the main show. You can go get it for at After Dark for just a buck. And for that dollar, you'll get access to every episode we've ever done. So it's like 70 plus hours of content. Well worth your time, I think. So... Now let's jump into what we've been playing this week. Uh, Chewy, why don't you start us off? Yeah, sure. Um, I've been playing, I, I guess I'm continuing my trend of kind of, it's a quiet point in the year, trying to get through some games that I didn't quite get through last year, or maybe even years before. So I've been revisiting uh, Paper Mario, the Origami King, and it, it's it's like a love-hate relationship with aspects of the game, <laughs> the battles, <laughs> At first, I was like, all right, I mean, I like puzzles. These are fine. But now I'm just like, I'm avoiding every single battle that I get into because I'm just like, I just don't want to spend my time on that. I like the adventure aspect to it. I like um, kind of the story. It's hilarious all the way through. And so I'm getting close to the end now. I think I've done four out of the five streamers. Um, So, yeah, I'm I'm getting there on that game. Overall, though, I'd say it's like they're doing such a good job with the adventure stuff. It's such a bummer to see kind of the battle things not play out as well. Um, And most of my complaints, it's not really the ring puzzles or anything. It just comes down to like the variety of motions that you do Mm. in a battle. Because it's basically you have hammer and jump and they use the same two action commands for each of those like throughout you can mix it up with like items like the fire flower and stuff but i don't know just like the base mario moves that you get it's not it's not the most exciting so it just feels like a little shallow maybe yeah it's shallow and i don't know it feels like it's not needed at any point like all of the Mm -hmm. battles that are kind of like overworld things where you're fighting like the big paper mache things i'm just like replace it with that that's so much more fun than just that's what i heard was that the boss fights were legit fun but like all of the regular mob interactions you can pretty much just skip and there's not really any reason to do it and the gameplay is not that fun so it's like you can skip them by paying toad right is that how the mechanic works in the game um, I mean, you can pay Toad and get like some more time to do all of these, uh, the, all the puzzles and stuff. I actually, I'll be honest with you, I don't pay Toads anything. I'm kind of cheap. So I just do do it with the allotted time. <laughs> and sometimes I fail, sometimes I don't. It is a real bummer when you fail because then it just takes that much longer. So I'm just like, man, maybe I should start paying these toads. It's so funny to me that you're like, I'm cheap with a with an in-game <laughs> currency that like, doesn't matter. Like That's like uh, grandma who grew up during the Depression energy where it's like, but a tip, forget it, we'll walk. In you this know? economy, what are you talking about? Um, yeah, no, I, I don't spend my money on it. So at times I do regret it. And I'm just like, you know what? I'm near the end of the game. Might as well. So maybe... When I get back into it, 
the later today maybe we'll we'll see what i do um it's it uh it's funny i remember last week you had talked about this too i think or maybe we talked about it off mic um and like i've been playing um 3d world and bowser's fury at night sometimes and like when i've been laying in bed playing that i'll just see like chewy pop on and you're playing paper mario and i'm like oh there you go it's like 10 o'clock over in his time i'm it's like 1 a.m i'm still i'm about to go to bed and you're just getting ready to start playing paper mario <laughs> yeah i do a quick a quick little check-in see how far i get <laughs> um but yeah the boss is pretty cool there's some points where i kind of forget the the movements that I can do on the little circle thing. So I had one boss where I was just like, I really don't understand what I'm doing here. <laughs> um, so there there have been a couple where I've had to look it up because I'm just like, it's not connecting with me. I don't know. Mm. Some of the bosses are like not as intuitive as I think they thought they would be. Um, but maybe it's just me on that end because other people just get it. <laughs> um, but yeah, outside of that, I've also been checking out Splatoon 2 some more. The other day, no I No actually... surprise. I bet the numbers for Splatoon 2 are like through the roof this week after that direct. <laughs> I think they were, and I think it was to my benefit, because I was doing really well. <laughs> yeah, you have all the players yeah, here who are rusty. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All, all these like people who are rank X but haven't played in like a year or something, and they're like getting back in the mix and just getting clowned. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm noticing it for sure, because the last couple months I've been like really off my game, losing all over the place. I'm just like, man, I don't know what's going on. And this this month has been very nice to me and i think it is yeah. exactly that just a lot of people who've been probably like you know getting off of the game it's not as exciting i was talking to a friend of mine i used to play on a competitive team and he still plays competitively and so i was chatting with him and he was like man i'm gonna be honest with you like i was starting to get a little bored with splatoon 2 and i'm really hyped for splatoon 3 <laughs> now how how good is he can we draft him for our team uh, I, he's really good. Yeah, I mean, he's, will he, great. is he like too good? Like, will he like not be down to play with us because we suck, or is he like gonna like you know? So is he down to carry. <laughs> so there's there's a league called Leagues Under the Ink, and you, a lot of people kind of go off of those um, divisions that people are on. And I think he got to first division. Um, Damn. Back when I so played with legit. him. Back when I played with him, we were on third. And I, when we started out, we were fifth. So there was quite an imp improvement for us then. But yeah, he, he's definitely gone beyond that <laughs> and knows the game a lot so better like, than I do. When it comes to Splatoon squads, Splat squads are they called, I think? Uh, we right? just call them squads, I guess. Yeah. Okay. So squads. Like, is there a rule? Like, is it like a regular esports team where are we allowed to have more people on the team than we need in a game and you can like sub players out? Yeah, yeah, there is. Okay. Um, most people tend to just go like one or two extras. Um, okay. Uh, depending on what they need, but really it's just like, you know, the more you all practice together and know how each other play, the better off you are. Right. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. I'm saying like when when Splatoon three comes out, I want to make a legit play. Like you know, like let's make a let's make that run for for worlds. I'm all you in. Know, we we got to draft <laughs> more good players though. Like you know, <laughs> if we can have people on the bench, it's you know. I mean, let, you can let, get you can get plenty of practice with Splatoon two. <laughs> it's true, and I'm yeah. sure you know now is probably a good time to play with more people coming back to it. You'll probably feel yeah. like oh, it's more people who maybe haven't played as much as I have, and it. 
it, it equals that playing field for sure. It levels it out. I'm genuinely like excited to play it again. Like that night we streamed it like what, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, whatever. Um, I got really, I was like, damn, like this game is really fun. I miss playing <laughs> this. And then when they showed us Splatoon 3, like I've been thinking about it all week of just like, damn, I got to find some time to play Splatoon. You know, like I've got to fit it in somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you're like me, you found a thousand hours of time to play Splatoon. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm not like you yet, Chewy, but I'm, I'm going to try. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's what I've been playing. It's been fun. Um, it, it's kind of nice when it's get it gets quiet and there isn't too much getting in the way of of I, old games. I've been thinking about that recently, and I, I feel like I feel like twenty uh, twenty and then like into twenty twenty one, we've hit such a perfect cadence for me with video game releases. Where I think like a lot of people were complaining that it was like kind of a slow year, but like I looked up look back on twenty twenty and like. I played so many games. I remember when we were doing our our year like year in review, like yeah. Steve was like, Hey, you played like a ton of games this year. And like most of them were new, but I also felt less pressure to keep up with new shit. So there was like space for me to go back and play old stuff as well. And like it's nice. Like I, I feel like games are so like <laughs> on a treadmill that you're so like, oh, it's the next thing, it's the next thing. I missed my moment with this. I'm not gonna play it. And like I don't know, like, I feel like between this year and last year, I feel like it's not just us. I feel like it's, like, the whole community, the whole industry is, like, a little bit more open to playing old stuff and, like, the new consoles doing, like, the up res and everything. Like, old stuff feels new again. And I don't know, like, it's cool to see that, that it feels like, for whatever reason, this generation, like, older games feel more relevant for longer. And yeah, I don't know, maybe it's just anecdotal, but well, I it mean, feels that I'm way not- to me. I think so, and I think that, though, is not by choice in some extent. Like, Microsoft had to hone in on that backwards-compatible old game stuff because they lost their launch title for their new Xbox with Halo, whereas Sony didn't have to do that. They already had Spider-Man. They've got... uh, They had Astro's Playroom. They've got... um, Ratchet and Clank coming out in June so they had a bunch of stuff lined up whereas Microsoft didn't but having said that I did play um, some Sniper Elite 4 this week just because I wanted to try out the new frame rate booster thing that they brought out yeah wow that thing is magic it like just I want to try that with uh, it just feels like a 60 frames per second game you'd have no idea that they had done anything to it and you said you tried it with what Sniper Elite 4 because we already had it installed because Macaulay was playing it and when Macaulay was playing it it was visually obvious that it was 30 frames per second it wasn't smooth and that was when we came just off a of Hitman so it was really obvious like you're playing a 60 frames per second game going down to that 30 frames per <laughs> second it feels jank but then booting it back up it's like wow okay this is 60 frames a second again and uh, I think it's um, new uh, new Super Lucky's Tale Goes all the way up to 120 frames per second. Oh, what? So that, that one is, is, great. is boosted up to 120 frames per second on the Series X. That's wild. I love New Super that's Lucky's on Game Tale. Pass, isn't it? Yeah, it's on Game Pass, yeah. I, I've, I've never played it, too. Like, Me neither. How does it play like? Because I know some people had issue with Super Lucky's Tale, but when they did the new revision, it fixed a lot of the like camera quirks that they had yeah. with that game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I didn't play the first one, so my only experience is with this. But I think I played it around the same time I I was playing ukulele, and okay. 
playing ukulele i think works better when you're coming like straight from banjo kazooie it's a a million times better game (laughs) at that uh, from that perspective don't play it after playing like mario odyssey but like new super lucky's tale comparatively it's just like that's what i wish ukulele felt like it it just felt so much better it felt like that true kind of like you know mascot 3d uh platformer game that I feel I've been missing quite a bit. So it, yeah, we don't get them anymore, really. Yeah. I mean, like Mario is it. And we get one of those like every six years. So like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's it. Like, it's pretty easy. It's not like a real huge challenge, but just like the, the worlds and everything, the characters, it's really quirky and, and cute. And it kind of captures that feeling of Banjo-Kazooie early on where you're just mm-hmm. like, oh man, this is just like a delight, you know? Um, uh, and and they mix in like kind of these 2D levels as well. They're not like fully 2D, still have like a 3D look to them and everything. But you know, they just they're side scrolling, so they roll a lot like that. Um, like the new Super Mario Brothers games in terms of 2D. Yeah, yeah, exactly like that. So um, it, it's cute overall. They have a lot. It's a pretty packed game with a ton of different things. There's some puzzle elements to it too. Um, some puzzle dedicated levels that are kind of like side questy and everything so yeah that game that game's adorable i like it a lot man it bums me out so hard that neither of you has access to a ps5 so you can't try astro you guys would love astro's playroom i like really want a proper uh non-vr astrobot game after that like so badly (laughs) i I think they've abandoned vr the fact that you have to get an adapter to even get it to work with the new playstation just that they've, they've yeah i think you're probably i mean like i don't know if they come up with a psvr2 i won't be surprised but if they don't i also i'd get it i kind of wouldn't be surprised though just because like i don't know whenever they do their little playstation direct thing i feel like it's yeah. pretty heavily vr in a lot of places yeah i mean and like they they even after I think VR's like kind of initial wave of consumer curiosity had kind of waned, like they were still putting out meaningful exclusives and stuff. Like the Iron Man VR game is only on PS VR, and you know, like yeah, that was like the most talked about VR game last year. You know, so I don't know, mm-hmm. I don't know, but I, I also wouldn't be surprised if Steve's right and they're just like the returns on this are not there. You know, and like they said that they knew that when they got into VR and that they wanted to commit to the tech and and all that. Mm-hmm. And if they still feel that way, great, but. I don't know. A few years in a space can also, I think, sometimes color that opinion, you know? Yeah. Side note, I almost bought the Labo VR just in preparation for, like, an Animal Crossing VR update. Mm -hmm. I I don't know if it's going to happen. I still haven't gotten it, but I will regret it if it's, like, unavailable and they add that. (laughs) Labo's unavailable everywhere here. Like, the only one you can get is the VR one. And it's strange to me they never did another revision to make it fit with the Switch Lite. It feels like they just gave up with Labo at some point. It was just Mm. like, eh, this isn't working. They reduced the price of all of them down to, like, 20 quid and just sold out the stock, and now you can't get them anywhere, which is a real shame. Because I had a lot of fun building building Labo. The only one I really cared about was the piano because I thought that was so cool, being able to, like, make music with the Switch. Um, there's this musician I love, uh, who also has like a YouTube channel and and everything. And, um, her name is, uh, Amy Waters. And, um, I don't know if it was a whole album or if I can't remember, it was like a while ago. 
Um, but they did uh, a composition only using the Labo keyboard because <laughs> um, they do all like synth wave, like VGM stuff. It's fucking awesome. Amy Waters on YouTube. Um, but yeah, and I remember, you remember when they released that that original synth on the Switch? Like you could download it as an app and it's it's like the Moog like MIDI thing. Oh, they yeah, had yeah. A, a series where they were like once a week they were composing an entire EP just on their Switch. It's <laughs> so fucking cool. That's awesome. <laughs> Uh, so as for, for me, um, I, the only thing I've really been playing this week has been Super Mario 3D World and, and Bowser's Fury. I finally jumped into Bowser's Fury this past week and oh my God, Bowser's Fury is so cool. It is so, (laughs) so cool. I am, I have so much regret that I didn't play it last week to be able to talk about it. Cause when I jumped in, I was like, all right, I'm going to like pop this on. I'll play it for like an (laughs) hour or so. And then I'm going to head up to bed. And that was at like nine or, or ten or something, and I played into like one in the morning, and I'm, I'm I think I'm almost done with it, but I'm like, oh my god, I don't want this to be over. Like I got two hours in, and I was like, this is gonna be over way quicker than I want it to be. I can already tell. <laughs> How many times have you fought Bowser? Three? Yeah. Four? I think you're close to the end then. Yeah, I mm-hmm. think I'm pretty close. Um, which is such a bummer. I bet I bet you the next time I sit down, I'll finish it. Um, but oh my god, it's it's just so creative. Like it's such a it's such a creative use of the IP and of like the things that you know about 2D and 3D Mario, you know, like synthesizing them in a in something into something fresh, you know, and like I think it's so cool for a lot of reasons. Like I really would love to see Nintendo commit to like smaller experiences like this that cost less money. Um, similar to like what we saw with like Miles Morales on PS5 um, this past year, that would be really cool. But also like the idea of them kind of doing these little mini experiences as like tie-ins to re-releases and stuff, and then like kind of use those as like a test bed for ideas that you flesh out in like a full-fledged game. Like I'd play a full Mario game like this, easy. Like yeah, hundred percent. That that would be amazing. Yeah, and I really enjoy um, the kind of like getting around there too, like Plessy just popping up wherever (laughs) you need. So you're just like, if I'm bored, I can go right around there. Um, I posted a really hilarious tweet where I'm stranded in the middle of the ocean and just while uh, Bowser has popped up in the Fury Bowser mode. And so I'm just like, oh no, what do I do? And I turn around and Plessy's there and I'm trying to get to Plessy and then all of a sudden just flames take Plessy out. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, there's some pretty comedic things that happen when Bowser is just like, rampaging throughout that place and it's all kind of accidental and i love that it's just like it's really well integrated to that whole world i would say it makes the world feel like alive yeah you know like the enemies change Mm -hmm. in the same in the positions over time and like and when you get randomly blocks pop up when he's around there's areas you Mm -hmm. can only access when like bowser's in his fury and like has to burn down the bricks which i think is really cool so there are some like mm-hmm. secret areas you need to remember where they are and quickly rush back to them when the the rain starts coming because you know Bowser's going to kick off. <laughs> yeah, and like I love how you'll be in the middle of doing something and you can like see him in the horizon like starting to rise and you're like, "Oh shit, all right, like I got to get somewhere and be ready for this." Like 
it 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 really does like even though it's such a small level in the grand scheme of things, right? Like it's you know it's a smaller experience. It it feels so lived in, like it feels so alive, like it was this living, breathing place before you got there. And I, Mario doesn't always feel that way. Like Odyssey kind of felt that way, but you know, often it, reminds it just feels a, like levels. It reminds me a lot of sunshine, though. Like walking around Al Dolfino, we've yeah. got the like the dirt blocking out the lighthouses. You've got Shadow Mario that you're chasing in certain aspects, and they're called. Him. You've got cat shines, cat shines to, to go get to open up the lighthouses again. And there's people that live on all of these islands. Like they're, they're cats rather than people. But And you have to like go get the cats and take them back to the mother who always seems to lose her. And when they offspring. turn evil. Yes. Like when Bowser, that the first time that happened, I was like, what? Like it was the very first mm-hmm. that you get on that first island, you go around the corner. And like if you're in the cats, you, all the little cats come and follow you. Yeah, and yeah. like so cute. And I was like sitting there playing with them. And then all of a sudden they all turn evil and start attacking me. <laughs> and I was like, no, I don't want to kill the cats. <laughs> yeah. Can you kill so them? Good. I just ran away from them. I don't I know. I've away. not tried because yeah, I, I don't want to. <laughs> yeah, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't try it at all. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I just bailed, <laughs> but uh, and then I died like in that interaction, which was the first time that Bowser came alive because I was like, oh, what do I do? How do I fight him? Whatever. And then I was, and then I went back, and it didn't happen in the same way. And I was like, oh my god, it's on a timer! Like that's so clever. It's so clever because it leads to more of those like water cooler moments, you know. And like, mm-hmm. I love that Nintendo has been like leaning into that. Like, I, I feel like that that's the right lesson to learn from breath of the wild is not like that you need to be able to glide or climb or like those things are cool. But like what's cool about that game is that it feels alive because there's so many of these smart systems that are built and then implemented to happen like naturally, not only through scripted moments. So the scripted moments feel more significant and the unscripted stuff feels scripted, you know? And like, that's so so cool it it really is like such a i don't know it it makes it feel so much less like just you're checking boxes in a video game Mm -hmm. and like that's what i want games to feel like moving forward you know yeah i do but i also do really love 3d world and like having played more of that with you sarah and aj like i know that's more of a traditional mario where it is we're ticking those boxes like did we get all the stars did we get the stamp did we do this did we do that but playing that with friends and also playing it on my own because i've gone back and i've completed pretty much every level that we have messed up and ruined as we've gone along on the stream because we and I've been like getting all the stars life. so I'm like still yes. behind us a little bit <laughs> uh, but I, I there's some levels I can't get the stars I just refuse to even try some of the levels I just despise in that game because they're too difficult for me but I, I will go through like the ones in those those greenhouses where you just it's like little level after little level after little level but if you fail on one yeah. of them you have to go back and do them all again and I'm like no, I'll pass on that. I'll come back to these later because I don't need the stars right now. Sure. <laughs> yeah, and I, I totally agree with you. Like, I, I love that game. But to me, like, <clears throat> that's what's so great about specifically Mario and Zelda as Nintendo franchises is that they're they're both series that have such a strong vision for the two different kinds of games that, like, they're both great and they're both totally different like basically totally different genres 
but they're so rewarding in in very different ways. Like I think Super Mario 3D World is the most rewarding 2D Mario game I've played. I don't know, like since the Wii maybe. Um with like the first new Super Mario Brothers and that's awesome. I'm so glad for that. I'm I'm loving it. Um but also like Bowser's Fury represents like a potential new third direction or things they could evolve into the 3D formula. And it's it's just exciting to see. And um, I was watching a review that uh, that Dunkey had done about it, and he was saying that like the worst part of being a Mario fan is that like it's such a long wait between games, and like you get a game like Odyssey and you fall in love with it, and you're like, oh my god, give me more of this, and they just don't. So they like getting really this, like done you DLC know. for that that wasn't just like go find Luigi's balloon because that thing sucked. I know, like, like even if it was just one extra world, yeah. it would have been. An, I would have been like, yeah, like let's go. Um, I don't know. We could still get a two. I don't think that's outside the realm of possibility. But this was a great thing to tide you over. Yeah. So, like, basically, I just wanted to say, if you haven't picked this game up, if you've been, like, thinking about it, I absolutely think you should. Um, Super Mario 3D World, the port is worth the price of admission alone, especially if you didn't play it on Wii U like like me. Um, but I think, like... I don't know. I think that there are a lot of people who bought it and are like maybe not realizing how cool Bowser's Fury is as an as an add-on. Um cuz it really blew my blew me away. Like this is like a strong contender for like game of the year for me. Um right now obviously we're in February. <laughs> it's very very beginning of the year. That's kind of meaningless, but I think it will be a, a top 10 top 5er for me throughout the year. Um and other games will really have to work to dethrone it because I really like what they're putting down in Bowser's Fury. Yeah. So, Steve, I know you were also playing uh, Mario World, but you also had Mario Party on your list. Yeah, so I, I cracked out Mario Party because I had to take Macaulay's great nan for a, a vaccine, COVID vaccine on, on Friday. So she's finally vaccinated. Yeah. Um, and while we were there, like we played a little bit of Mario Party with, with Macaulay's mom. Uh, and it was really, really fun. Like, I, I love this game, and I was devastated. We didn't hear anything about a DLC or a sequel or anything for Mario Party in the in the direct. I was really hopeful that we would get something. Give us a Super Mario it. Party 2, man. Well, then then I had my late night thought last night when I was down that rabbit hole of the next Super Mario Party should be Wario Party, and it should be the WarioWare game, mini games, and like Wario comes in and like scribbles out Mario and like takes over the game. And I, I need to pitch this to Nintendo somehow because I think that's a winner in. of a game. <laughs> you need to make a video about that, honestly. Like, I'll help you if you want. Like, I, when you threw that out, um, and Sierra and I replied to it on Twitter, I was like, "This is that's fucking genius. That's a great." idea idea that would be such a good way to bring both of those franchises back like in proper form you know and you split them off again but like yeah exactly but like have wario just be like yeah sub this mario i'm taking over and then like he just goes crazy because those mini games were so fun and you could easily bring them into a mario pie environment and you make all the courses just nasty rather than like you're buying stars maybe you're buying like something <laughs> else to like attack other people and things there's there's a lot you could do with that game yeah something i thought would be fun uh was if you had it be like a greatest hits for both of them where it was like that 100 best mario parties game they put out on 3ds it was like all of those games plus you know top maybe 200 wario work because they're a little shorter but um and and like kind of mix them all up in a grab bag mm -hmm. 
So it could be this thing where like at the end of every round, like you're gonna you're supposed to go do your Mario Party game, but like sometimes Wario comes in and like you do like four WarioWare yes. games instead, you know, or yeah, like that would be sick, right? uh, in the middle of a turn, you know, maybe you hit a Wario space and there's a WarioWare mini game, but then at the end of the turn, you still always do the Mario Party games. And like you kind of have them break up gameplay in like different ways or like, you know, subvert your expectation of, of what you're going to do and how it's going to play out. Like, I feel like that's such a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. And as far as like boards go too, like WarioWare itself takes place in like Diamond City and there's a bunch of different locations that are pretty well themed from like Ashley's Halloween stuff to um, sure. what are the little retro guys called? I always forget, but they've got like all their Mario themed mini games, like anything like Nintendo themed and everything. So I don't know. They can really mix in a lot of cool elements from that city into the boards and everything. I hope this is something like, they're considering because it would be so cool. It would really <laughs> help put WarioWare over too, because like I think WarioWare is one of those franchises that like if you're like a deep Nintendo fan, you're like, yeah, WarioWare is really cool and really fun, and most people just don't know what it is. Whereas like Mario Party is one of the most ubiquitous video games. You know, you know? It's, it's had more games than any other like Mario Offspin game. Like it's more than like Mario Kart at this point because we got stuck at eight and then never yeah, went forward. <laughs> and Mario Party is I think <laughs> on like the t- the eleventh mainline game, but then a bunch of like offshoots, like the Mario mm-hmm. Party mini game pack. There's a game I really want to get and I'll talk about it in the uh, in After Dark. You two don't know about it, but Mario Party E, which was an e reader game. An e-reader Mario what? Party game. I really want to find oh, a wow, copy no. of this. Um, so I'll, I'll tell you all about it. It looks really cool. And I really want to find a copy <laughs> of it and do a video on that as well. Um, I, I'm just so, a massive Mario Party nerd. And it's it's really sad. But I am. <laughs> Mario Party rules. Like, uh, like uh, I played Mario Party 2 uh, on my Wii with GameCube controllers plugged in for like a solid, uh, that whole generation, what, six years, whatever, <laughs> eight years maybe? Um, like that was a regular staple of like party games with, with my friends in my twenties, you know? Um, and like the game was, I don't know, 20 years old at that point, <laughs> like yeah. whatever it was. Loved it, man. I <laughs> love, love that game. Them. Yeah. The uh, Mario party was always huge with like my sisters and everything. They basically played with me. Diddy Kong racing or Mario party <laughs> either. Hell yeah. yeah. Uh, and I think at we, the time it was Mario party Two. Especially, yeah. Mario Party was the yeah, only two, way we could get my, my mum to play a game with us. Like, she wouldn't play video mm. games with us unless it was like, I remember trying to get her to play, and it was uh, in hindsight the most stupid game to get her to try and play Colin McRae Rally on the PS1. Like, why is she going to oh, be interested no. in playing this? And she gets the she gets the PS1 controller and she's like tilting it like this to try and get around the corners. <laughs> Obviously, you years couldn't before do that. Time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like way before. <laughs> That's an actual thing. Uh, and then she refused to play ever again after that. But then she, she was always into the Mario Party game. And one thing I really missed from that series that it hasn't been in for a good while is the battle royale modes where you could like team up. Because yes. mum wasn't like mm-hmm. mum wasn't great at the game, but if she would like team up with me or team up with my brother and my dad would team up with the other one of us, and it made it so that she actually felt like she was progressing in the game and could do something. And also the handicaps. So like you could yeah. you could set a level of handicap like um, you could give someone a star if they weren't particularly good at the game or give them a bunch of coins at the beginning, 
or like do negative for the other person. So it it mm-hmm. felt like you could level out the playing field a lot better. Whereas in Super Mario Party, all of that stuff got removed. It was like really back to basics. And I hope that in the next iteration of the game, a lot of that stuff is brought back. Um, because those things really made the game a lot more accessible to people who don't really play video games, which I think is what this game is really focused towards. Well, doesn't Super yeah. Mario Party have that like kind of team up battle mode that's kind of based off of Star Rush? It's um, got the team river mode, so you go down the river and you like right, right. No, no. There's like, there's one where it's like it, it's all the same boards, but you oh, know yes, you can yes, move yes, on any the of one. the spaces, but you, and you can like move anywhere on the board, right? Yeah. Yeah, that one was kind of based off of Star Rush, which I thought was an actually pretty decent. Like, I think that was the first like handheld Mario Party slash. Well, I guess I did the top one hundred after that, but that was the first one where I felt like, oh, you're doing something unique that's actually kind of interesting and makes the game not feel just like cheap compared to the other. Um, handheld games but yeah that mode it it can get pretty wild with people like chasing or trying to race each other for different spaces and landing on the right spot it's pretty cool yeah i I do like that one it's for me though it's it nothing beats like mario party 5 or mario party 6 where you had the battle royale you got the Mm -hmm. capsules and you could put them on the spaces so if you have like a nasty capsule you could like put it on a space and you might land on it or another another team might land on it and those maps were like the most creative. Um, I miss those. They were like the golden years before Hudson Soft like stopped making games. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. Well, I think that's anyway. Konami's fault, right? Didn't they buy them out? Mm. I believe I, they. I, did. I think they may have. Yeah. So yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm not sure though. It's a bummer. Either way, uh, I I would love to see a proper return uh, for Super Mario Party. I think it showed a lot of promise, but just missed the mark a little bit. So hopefully the next <laughs> one they get it right. But uh, we do need to move on. We have a lot of show left to go here. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, so let's let's jump into the Nintendo Direct recap real quickly. So again. Um, Steve and I did do a full episode, uh, an extra episode of the show, which is in your RSS if you are subscribed. It is, you know, wherever you go and get the show, it's there. It was up on uh, Friday night, which, oh wait, was that when it was? Wednesday? Thursday? Wednesday, last Wednesday. Wednesday. It was up on Wednesday, (laughs) uh, right after the Direct, like minutes after the Direct. So if you missed it, uh, you can go check that out. And we dug into all of the announcements and and really got into the nitty gritty of things. Obviously, if we had done that on this show, it would have been like three hours. Um, So uh, go check that out. But uh, I did want to give Chewy the opportunity to talk a little bit. And also, uh, you had a video of your own that you put out, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I... In my video, I basically just talked about the stuff that I was most excited about. Um, Pyra, Smash announcement, very cool. Makes me want to get back into Xenoblade. Uh, but I'm terrible at RPGs, mostly because I <laughs> I get really into them. I spend way too long getting distracted by side quests and stuff. And then 100 hours later, I'm halfway through the game. Like the 90 hours you put in a Fire Emblem. And then you were like, oh, yeah, I'm like, no, I don't even think I got to the time skip yet. And I was like, what the hell? Like, how did you do that? Yeah, I think that game took me 110 hours to get through that main that's, story. <laughs> that's almost twice, I think, what my clock was. And I did, like, all the side quests, I thought. Yeah, I I did a lot in that game. I get distracted. So, um, very cool. Respect. What, what was that? I said respect. Oh, yeah. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> um, the other stuff I liked, I mean, Animal Crossing Mario stuff, 
it was really surprising to see that the warp pipes are actually going to warp us to things. That's huge. Oh, yeah, that was yeah. so cool. How insanely useful is that? Oh, my God. Yeah, it's useful, and there's just, like, so much potential for what people can do, whether it's, like, you know, they make an island on their island that's pretty detached, and you have to warp to it. That's something. And just, like, just all these locked-off sections that you can connect. Um, there was some more information on the Japanese site regarding those. Um you can put multiple around your island. You can't control where they go, so it is random. You'll hop into one and just see where you end up. Um, oh, no. <laughs> you can put them inside your house, though, and warp from your house to an outside location or vice That's versa. Awesome. Um, but, yeah, it seems like they, they've got some pretty interesting mechanics. The one thing I'll, I pointed out in my video was, like, there was obviously a cut here where they went into the the tube and then out of it the loading screen is going to be a lot longer than that when you actually oh, use sure. it <laughs> i figured yeah yeah um that's just how animal crossing goes um so how, how do you think you'll use it chewy do you think you'll use more than one and deal with the random element or will you just have like a one-to-one -one track i think uh, the the terraforming has made some like interesting things happen with the game where rivers became a lot more traversable with the terraforming like you can put a little yeah. skip across i think the the pipes kind of make that happen in a way for the cliffs where it's like i don't know depending on how long it actually takes to warp from one to the other it can make it a little bit quicker to get up those parts of the cliffs where you're like oh i'm out of inclines i can't really get up here maybe i'll just put a warp pipe and make it a, a little bit faster and everything but yeah. the most interesting idea that I saw was from a friend of mine, Wilbo, who does, who also does like a bunch of Animal Crossing content. But he tweeted out that there are glitches to get onto the fourth tier of your island, and if you do really? that, like you can actually like decorate the fourth tier, plant trees, do a bunch of stuff that is not really accessible because the game literally just says it's too dangerous to climb up there. Don't do that. Um, so now like people can use that glitch, put a warp pipe up there and make it easily accessible, not only for you, but people who visit you. Um, so you just get like a whole extra level to your Island. That's crazy. Yeah. Which it's already so much with the three levels alone, but like just anything that makes it a little bit easier to decorate that fourth level for people is going to be pretty cool. So so what does that look like? Like, can you see the fourth level or is it like... So you can build up a cliff and you can see it and everything. The, basically, the only thing that will grow on there, and it's mostly by the design of the weeds, they'll they'll kind of spread out and start growing up there if, if you have one. But outside of that, like, if you don't access it, you can't put anything up there. You can't terraform up there. Even if you get up there but through the glitches, you still can't do anything, like, terraforming up there. But you, can, you can place any piece of furniture, any, like, plant life and everything. So you can decorate them if you do get up. But, yeah, outside of that, it's just, like, there's not really a point to making a fourth layer unless you can access it in this item i feel makes it consistent for you to access yeah that's really interesting yeah um the other things i liked i <laughs> i think i i heard you not too interested in this one steve but i liked the project triangle strategy <laughs> game yeah oh my god my dude i, I played part of this demo earlier 
And uh-huh. I put it on. I was like, I'm going to play a little bit before the podcast so I can at least talk about it. Mm-hmm. Ten minutes into this demo, they were still talking and I hadn't played <laughs> anything. And so I clicked fast forward and it just went and it was doing this for like 30 seconds of I would have had like, I reckon, another five more minutes of chat. Then it went on to the next scene and I thought, OK, here we go. Nope, still more talking. So I was like, oh, I can't be bothered to play this game. I really cannot be bothered to play this game because I don't care about the story enough. You can't do that <laughs> to listen demo, to all man. of this. You got to just get to the <laughs> gameplay already, you know, like, come on. Yeah, that that is rough uh, for sure. Um, but yeah, did you try the demo, Joey? I haven't gotten to try it yet. I was going to turn it on today, hopefully. Um, but I don't know. I, I love tactical RPGs. I really, yeah. I want to say like a few weeks ago, I was just feeling like, man, I wish there was a new Final Fantasy Tactics. And have you, have you played Wargroove? Um, I, I have, I do have Wargroove and I've been, I've had fun with that, but, but yeah, like Final Fantasy Tactics was really fun, specifically Tactics Advance on Game Boy Advance. It, that oh, yeah, Chewie. Yeah, I that one's that on game. the Wii U, and I've been tempted to get it again just so I can play it on a huge screen instead of a little tiny Game Boy Advance screen. Um, but yeah, like this gives me those vibes. Like it's from Square Enix, so I feel like they kind of have something to work off in that sense. And I am interested in, you know, kind of the if it has like different classes and things when you play through and train up your units. I I mean, we definitely saw a few where they have, they showed off like the archers, for example, where they're like, Oh, when they're on higher ground, they can shoot further kind of thing. So I am. That's like right out of tactics. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, I don't know. It it gives me that vibe and it's a, a game that I miss, which, you know, tactics games tend to come off as the same, but they're all pretty different. Like even Wargroove is a very different style tactics game. Yeah. Than... That's like way more like an advanced wars than like Fire Emblem or Final Fantasy Tactics and Fire Emblem is has its own vibe and mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Um yeah, I'm right there with you. I love this kind of game and like even if the story is whatever, like I think I'll like it for the gameplay. Mm-hmm. I hope. Yeah. If you ever yeah, get I mean, to the gameplay. <laughs> we'll see. When you when you get to it in three hours, right? <laughs> um splatoon 3 obviously huge for me um yeah we're gonna go pro yeah we're going pro so i mean there there were some cool things in that trailer specifically people notice like a lot of the weapon redesigns that i guess this is kind of going deep into splatoon competitive play but there are like weight classes for weapons and speeds and everything that go along with those weight classes movement time shooting time all that sort of thing so i'm kind of like ooh, is this going to change things a little bit for some weapons it'll be interesting um the new bow and arrow weapon that that's just brand new we haven't had that type of thing before um but the most interesting thing for me was the spawn point thing where we're kind of like shooting ourselves from the air and can choose a location to spawn to um that is very that's going to change up play for sure i don't know what kind of limits they're going to have on how you spawn and everything but as of right now like we have that one spawn point at the beginning of the map and we can super jump to any other player but yeah being able to do that straight from spawn that'll be interesting um yeah i'm i'm really excited for splatoon 3 i think like especially like having like people that i know who play regularly now i'm like i think this is going to be the one that i really have a chance to get in on yeah 
and not just like like it, play it for a month or two, and then have no one to play with. (laughs) (laughs) There's always someone to play with, Pete. You know, me and Chewie are here if you want to play. Like, I'm not anywhere near Chewie's level. Like, I'm like B or A in most (laughs) most of the matches. Not anywhere near X. Um, So, you know, Chewie's there to carry us. But I'm, <laughs> I'm always up for some for a round of splitting. I want to get good. I want to get good. I'll have to. I'll have to. I'll have to really push myself and start practicing. Yeah, it's fun. Uh, so again, go check out both of the videos that uh, Chewy and and we did about about the direct. If you want to get our full thoughts there, did just want to touch on it real quickly. Uh, but before we jump into the rest of the news, two things real quick. We had a question here. Uh, from One Up Mango, who wrote in and said, "Are you expecting any Nintendo Switch related announcements in anticipation or celebration of Pokemon Day this week?" Absolutely, I think we're going to get a whole Pokemon Direct. Um, what the contents of that Direct are, I think, are very up in the air. Um, Pokemon is like, it's tough, right? There's a lot of predictable things that you could throw out, right? Like, we'll probably see another glimpse of Pokemon Snap too, but maybe not because it's so close. Um, we'll probably see a new mobile game. We'll probably see some type of retro anniversary celebration clothing or or toys or cards or something like that. There is a Pokemon card shortage going on right now, so maybe not. Um, trading card shortage. And then I think... <laughs> what's that? All trading cards. They're suffering right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, which has kind of weirdly been good for them as a business, but whatever. Um obviously there's the gen four remakes that everybody's always talking about. They're overdue. That could easily be the next thing. It could be a let's go Johto. It could be a glimpse of the next generation. I don't think that that's coming out soon, but you know, there's a lot that could come from this. I think you can definitely expect one and you can expect big announcements, um, whatever shape they take. Let's go Togepi and Pichu. Those are my guests for mascots that they go with. I, th- I think that's probably right if they do happen at all. <laughs> I wonder if we'll see uh, Pokemon Sleep finally. Oh my god! I oh yeah. <laughs> did, did either of you try the toothbrush one, like Pokemon, like brush no. your teeth yeah. or whatever it was? Yeah, you I tried was it. it. I, I so okay. I have a bamboo toothbrush, and it's too close to my skin tone, so I don't think it picked it up very well. So I could okay. never catch anything. It, it was bad. Oh, I'm like, no. I need to try a different toothbrush for this game. <laughs> Get like a bright. I need like one. You need like yeah, like a yellow toothbrush or something that'll like really stand yeah, out. Yeah, like something like bright blue. <laughs> that, that, yeah, um, that's great. I I've jumped aboard the the Pokemon Gen Four train. I would love it now. I, I mean, I don't know if it'll happen. Probably won't, but. I'm I'm on there. <laughs> I would I would love I love Gen Four. I would love a. Uh, I don't know how you would. I don't know what <laughs> prefix they'd add to it or whatever to make it sound new, but new diamond and pearl. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so then real quick before we get into the rest of the news, uh, we wanted to quickly recap our predictions yeah. uh, for 2021 because we have already seen some developments uh, that have not bode super well for me <laughs> and, and have boded fantastically for me which has been great yeah so so wanna, so i guess i'll start right yeah right now uh one of my predictions is already off the list uh so let me just pull up the full predictions list i had because i feel like there was one other one that might be in jeopardy but the first one uh that's already done is i predicted that nintendo would remain quiet 
for the beginning of 2021 while they kind of got their ducks in a row uh, for a, a, a loud and and vocal uh, second half of 2021. Of course, them putting out their first direct in, uh, you know, what, 18 months um, that had <laughs> some pretty significant announcements. I think it's safe to say that they were not quiet uh, So for Q1. So we're going to say number seven on my list is already crossed off. I'm going to throw this out there, too. I found my full list. Um, number two was Grezzo will, will release another Zelda remake in 2021 in honor of the 35th anniversary. We talked about how they're hiring for an original IP, and I'm real nervous about that one. <laughs> well, they also uh, it came out this week that they also did the port of Metopia. So they may port another like 3DS game. But they might have Metopia yeah. too. It's yeah. it's medieval. Oh no. <laughs> uh, but I I I feel pretty confident about some of my other ones. Um, I think the full reveal of Breath of the Wild two is definitely going to happen. So, yeah, like, I I think mine's that's screwed great. with Breath of the Wild two, which says it's going to be released second half of twenty twenty one. At this point, I'm feeling like we're going to see it second it half be. of twenty twenty one, but it's not coming until twenty twenty two. That's kind of where I'm at now. And do you remember like mid last year when we we're like, it could come out in March? Yeah. <laughs> like, we were so like, it ah, could happen. I'm so disappointed. <laughs> I think it's still March, but it's going to be 2022 March. I think, it yeah, I think you're right. Uh, but I've got one that's come true already, which I'm very happy about. Splatoon 3 will be announced, and it was announced this week. Fuck. So I am so, so <laughs> happy. I thought you said it was going to come out. No, Damn I, it. I said announced. That was my prediction, because I didn't I didn't know That's if it was coming in 2021. So I'm very happy, because I didn't go too specific on release date, which I, which I did for most of the other ones on my list. You're up one. I'm down one. That's not great. <laughs> <laughs> and so far, we're doing a lot of years, I'm man. doing okay about not hearing anything about Bayonetta 3 or Metroid Prime 4 <laughs> if they keep quiet about those two. But I am I am quietly worried about another 2D Zelda game, which is similar to your Grezzo one. I don't know if we're going to see it at this point with Skyward Sword announced this week. And if it doesn't happen, though, th then it's just a wash, right? Because we both yeah. made predictions about it. So then it's like, all right, whatever. That doesn't really matter. So that's that's the one I'm most worried about. The other ones I think I've made I'm pretty confident on. Yeah. Anyway, interesting. I, I I'm excited to see where it goes, but I'm very happy that I'm currently winning, and we'll we'll keep <laughs> an eye on this for the rest of the year. I gotta win quickly so I can make you play. Oh no, you're gonna play Mass Effect before that though for the game club, right? That's what we're doing. No, I'm not gonna play it. No. <laughs> <laughs> now you agreed to that you agreed <laughs> i'm sorry did i not recommend your favorite tv show of all time just a few weeks ago just a few you, you short did. weeks ago you, you did yeah all right okay that's good all right so let's move into the rest of the news uh jumping into a little non-nintendo news this week uh this was a big a big steve announcement so i'm gonna turn it over to him and let him tell the whole story uh, this week's like christmas i've had splatoon 3 we got news about Diablo 4, and then the announcement of Diablo 2 Resurrected, which I am beyond excited about. It's better than I could have ever expected. It's a full 3D, 4K remaster, essentially a remake of Diablo 2 yeah. and the expansion Lord of Destruction in a 3D engine. Uh, it's coming to PC or consoles with cross-progression, but not cross-play, which I don't think many people realized. Uh, it's got eight player online. That's kind of a bummer. It's a real bummer. 
eight-player online co-op, and you can switch in real time between the 3D graphics mode and the 2D sprite mode from the original game if you want to. And it's being developed by Blizzard with their in-house studio, Vicarious Visions. The fact that they're still calling it a separate studio to me is crazy. That's directly from their press release that they're, they're calling it an in-house studio. When when you tweeted about it, I, I like was joking with you and I sent you that gif of like a person pouting or whatever. And I was like, but when I read that, I was like, oh, so like, did they not dissolve Vicarious no, Visions? No, it's still like, a okay. separate studio. It's still a separate right. studio. And they've got the principal designer of Vicarious Visions is the lead developer on um, Diablo 2 Resurrected. And then they got, um, they got someone in early last year who worked for the Coalition previously. Uh, and oh. also got the um, Rod Ferguson, who's the executive producer of all Diablo games now. Um, and he also worked on getting that Bioshock Infinite game across the finish line. In the industry, he's been kind of, according to Eurogame, the, in the industry, he's known as the closer. And he comes in and just finishes games and, and uh, gets them across the finish line. So <laughs> he's he's doing that with Diablo 2, thankfully. It reminds me of the guy who's like the wolf from Pulp Fiction. Yeah, He's yeah, like, he comes in to clean. You know, <laughs> jump at the 11th hour and fix this fucking game. <laughs> That's great. Uh, yeah, I think uh, I, I'm, I'm still not happy about the Vicarious Visions news for what it means for me personally. But like seeing that the name isn't dissolved and that they're actually doing like a from the ground up remake makes you feel like this is way less of a waste of their talents. So I'm I'm way less salty about it than I was when this news dropped. Like I'd still rather see them work on Tony Hawk for me, <laughs> but for you, I'm stoked because this means that this is probably gonna fucking kick ass. Like this is gonna oh, be yeah. an awesome remake. Yeah, so, and I, I highly recommend anyone that's interested go and read Eurogamer's interview. They did an interview with uh, Rob uh, Gallarani, which is the principal designer at. Um, of Vicarious Visions, talking about some of the things that they're changing, some of the things they aren't changing. So staples of Diablo 2, like small inventory, potions on a belt, um, stamina, those things are staying. They were removed for Diablo 3. We got rid of the potions. You got like bubble, like balloons and like a constant refillable potion. But that also gives me pause as to how this is going to translate to a controller. You know, back in 2000, You'd be on your keyboard and your hands, very much like World of Warcraft, would be on the one to nine keys, hitting the potions that you know you've assigned, like number one's my mana potion, number two's my like uh, health potion, and you'd have them in the slots that you knew. Or you would have, because they had potions, which are essentially like hand grenades that you could throw in Diablo 2. I don't yeah. know how this is all going to map to a controller, so I'm very like intrigued as to how this is going to work. I feel like what they'll probably have to do is have it be like uh, you like hold a button and it pulls up a hot menu and then each of those is mapped to a button and then you can push the D-pad and it'll go to the next page and it'll That's be more cumbersome. Guess. But yeah, I guess it'll be, I would guess it's something like that where it's going to be like they have a clumsy hot bar, basically. <laughs> yeah. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. So I'm very, very in, in, interested to see how it translates to a controller. I can't personally decide where I'm going to pick this up. Because part of me really wants to see this in 4K, 60 frames per second on my Xbox. Part of me really wants to lie down on the sofa and play <laughs> the classic Diablo 2 that I know and love and have played maybe a hundred times over. Um, and the fact that they're going to be adding to this, presumably, with like seasons like they did for Diablo 3 and stuff. 
Uh, I'm excited to see where it goes. Um, a bit disappointed that there's no crossplay, at least at launch, but hopefully that is something that comes in the future because yeah. it would be good to play with people on all platforms. Just saying, Steve, maybe this is, if you win, maybe this is the game you make me play. You're not going to play it anyway? <laughs> not particularly interesting. Oh my god, yeah. If I win, this is the game we're playing then. We're going to play Diablo I don't love too. Diablo. Yeah. <laughs> I've only played three, so like, th- and I just, it was fine. I just, eh, whatever. And people love two, so maybe this is maybe this is the one. I could be. I feel like if like Diablo three one. didn't hook you, Diablo two is probably not going to hook you because Diablo three added so many quality of life improvements that you'll go back to Diablo you two go. and you'll be like, "What the fuck? I can only carry like two pieces of armor, and then my storage is filled up, and I have to like go back to town every five minutes." And unlike in Diablo three, where you just have town portals that exist. You have to keep scrolls and a tome in your in your inventory so that you have a finite number of portals that you can go. If you want to identify items, they're not done automatically. You have to have a scroll of identity or take it back to uh, back to the guy in town to identify. Why did you it think you. I would play this then? <laughs> I don't know. I, I love this game. Like this is my childhood game. So like I I adore Diablo. I'm very very excited. You'll have to get me to play it then. Hopefully, uh, hopefully you win your predictions. Or, or we could bargain. If you just play Mass Effect and I don't have to twist your fucking arm, I'll just play it. Okay, deal. Think about that. Done. Don't answer today. Think about it. I've thought about Done? it. Done. All right, great. Done. Great. Sign a contract. <laughs> okay, uh, this one, this, uh, we have a question from the mail pod. This one comes from Affy, one of our Patreon supporters uh, over on Twitter, who said, how is Steve going to talk us all into buying Diablo? Well, he just, did, that's it. We just bartered for it, so I'm in. Yeah, but I'm also just going to beg you all to join my party and just like the bang that drum for for months on Twitter. Just everyone needs to come and play Diablo with me. It's eight players. Come on, we can get eight people together to play Diablo too. We just need to decide a platform that we're all going to play on. Chewing you down. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> all right. All right. We got a squad. We got three people. Let's go. We got five more. Five more slots. Come on, guys. Can I be a necromancer? Can I call that? You could be a necromancer. Dibs? Yeah. I want, I want to dibs on that. They That's took that fine. out of three, right? No, no, he came back. Oh, okay. They got rid of Rogue, which before- is... They got rid of Rogue in Diablo 2, coming back to Diablo 4. Everyone's very excited about Rogue. Wow, very exciting. Speaking of uh, things that were cancelled and brought back, uh, Rare's cancelled N64 game, Dinosaur Planet, uh, which you may remember as the game that eventually became Star Fox Adventures on the GameCube, has leaked online this week. Uh, and it is... Fa- this is a fascinating story. And one I, I'm, A, really eager to see continue to play out, and one that I'm deeply interested in being a part of uh, at some capacity. So this uh, dropped earlier this week. It was actually yesterday uh, at the time of this recording. And it's uh, at Forest Illusion on Twitter. Forest of Illusion is a um, is a, is like a group um, that th- their whole thing is that it says on their Twitter, right, we preserve Nintendo's history um and they they bought this dump of the game which is very late in development it's like basically the whole game um they bought it from a private collector uh which and it's like dated from December 1st 2000 and they said that basically there's going to need to be some hacking to be made to make it like fully playable to the end but like most of the work is there and you know, there there are already people who are loading it up into emulators. They've said that it doesn't quite work 
on emulators and that you uh, if you really want to experience it properly, you need to flash it to a cart and play it on an actual N64. But, you know, there's clearly a community uh, already here, like putting the work in to make it playable and to figure out how to make this happen. So uh, definitely go follow uh, Forest Illusion on Twitter. Um, I am following along and uh, waiting to see when there's a point where we can actually just play this game proper. And then I want to figure out how to do it. Like I want to, I'm going to get a cart. I'm going to flash it, whatever we got to do. Um, Cause I would love to do a full playthrough of it. I think that would be so cool. So um, fascinating story. Yeah. The, the craziest thing for me is that this is called dinosaur planet and fucking star Fox is in it. And he's not even in the title of the game. Like what the hell were they thinking with that title? Dinosaur planet. Well, that's the thing. Originally, it wasn't Fox. Uh, if you read about the development of this game, Dinosaur Planet was a totally original IP that Rare was working on, and Miyamoto came in uh, like 75% of the way into the development and was like, this should be a Star Fox game. And then that was when they pivoted, and they started adding Fox and all those elements, and then they brought it over to GameCube, and it became Star Fox Adventures. So um, that's why like this version, it's one of the late, the last build that's why it has fox in it now who, who invented, i didn't know that that's like, the thing that a lot of people had no idea about who who invented star fox was it a rare creation like diddy kong was or no uh star fox is a is a miyamoto creation i believe i'll, I'll confirm but because i know they did the star fox game on snes right they created that super fx chip and did the uh the star fox game on super nes it was created by Miyamoto, and the original game was developed by Nintendo EAD. Okay. So, yeah, it's like the main team. Uh, and then it was... Which one did Rare do? I'm trying to figure this out here. I guess it would be Star Fox 2, and then that later became Star Fox 64. Actually, no, I don't think they did too. Because they definitely did Adventures. It doesn't look like they worked on... Onto, though. Are you sure? Because they like created that Super FX chip for Donkey Kong, I, right? I'm not seeing that. I, I might be wrong, but like I'm seeing 64 was made by EAD as well. Oh. So I don't know. Maybe they came back to it at that point. As far know. as I who knew, made, who made thought... Star Fox Adventures on GameCube? Was that a rare game? That one's rare. Star Fox 2 was also EAD. Yeah, and Adventures okay. was was rare. Yeah, because that was and what Dinosaur Planet was. It started as this, and then it became Adventures. And then they must have literally just got bought by Microsoft at that point. Yeah, I think this was the last non-Microsoft yeah. game that they they pushed out. Hmm. But yeah, either way, this is a wild, absolutely wild story totally fascinating um and it's man it's it's something that like i really want to figure out how to make it work like i want to figure out how to fool around with this and i really want to get um the uh the 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 team uh behind forest illusion uh on the show to talk about this at some point so i'm gonna reach out to them and try to get an interview so uh i'll we'll keep you posted on that i'm this is this is so cool. Like I'm all about game preservation and uh this is this is a huge win for <laughs> for that. So I'm I'm super excited to see where it goes. All right, so before we get into our main topic, uh let's quickly do our Ring Fit February recap. We are on week three. 
we are moving into our final week. Um, I have not yet done mine today, so I'm 20 days in, technically. Uh, man, it's crazy, man. Like, I, it doesn't feel like we've been doing it that long. No. Which I think is <laughs> the biggest thing for me as of this update, is that, like, I, I'm increasingly getting used to the idea that this is just a part of my day, and more often than not, I look forward to it, and it doesn't feel like this chore that I'm having to do and like I'm ready to be over. It's just like, oh, this is just what I do now. Yeah. I I, I mean, I feel the same. I It's like, uh, I well, you know, kind of during the week, I have a little bit of trouble fitting it in, but it always feels like, all right, it's coming down to the end of the day. I better exercise, shower, get ready for bed, all that stuff. So it has become that part of my day. Um, I know I tweeted out yesterday, Saturday, where I was like, man, I just feel like I can fit it in and do it whenever. <laughs> and so I usually get a nice little long session in on Saturday, and then I feel good. I feel ready to go for the rest of the day. I'm just 100% um, the opposite of that. Saturdays, I wake up yeah. and I'm just like, I don't want to do anything today. I don't want to exercise. I don't want to leave the house. I really just want a day where I do absolutely nothing. Just the things I want to do, like play games, watch TV, have my day of like rest. Because uh, Sundays we record this show. Throughout the week we're streaming and eat in the evenings or I'm working. But I can, I can find I fit it in a lot easier during the work week because I'll finish my day. And like I said last week, it's just the transition from my work day to my evening and i just do it then um yeah. and sometimes i do it on my lunch break if i if i know i've got something on in the evening but for the most time it's it's fine this week i found a lot easier than last week i, I i've just had the crippling leg day yesterday where i was just like dead by the end of it and i skipped on um like a battle for the first time because i saw the end i was like i'm just gonna skip this battle but what i didn't realize is unlike pokemon i thought it was going to be like i exit pokemon and i just get away safely and i can carry on the course it takes you back to the map so i was so annoyed with myself like i i yeah. gave up on that battle and it took me back to the map and so I'm like, yep. oh, today I know I'm dreading. I'm gonna go do that same leg thing I did yesterday today, because I'm on world six. And you and were like so the, close. I was so close to the end, and I've got to do it all again. Um, but I'm 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 feeling a lot happier this week with with how I've gone. I think I may have put the difficulty up a little bit too high yesterday. I put it up to twenty, and it was a bit tricky for me like i did one of those gyms where i had to do I had to do the wide squat and i've just picked up this one which is like this combo move and i just can't get the timing right at all i'm just like i have no rhythm whatsoever it's like one two one one two two one and i'm just like i'm like trying to follow the the guy and i just can't do it like you're like squatting but also like lifting up at the same time and i'm just like i have no idea to do this that's great <laughs> i remember is that one that you unlock from the skill tree like the overhead yes, do, squat. Yeah. yeah, that one was weird. I, I think I just got that one too. <laughs> um, so I forgot that happened where it just like shot you out to the map again. Um, I think I did it once and I learned my lesson and I was like, whatever I do, I never leave these levels. And no, yeah, never, ever. that's just been like a subliminal thing in my mind. And so I'm sorry you ran into that because I did the same thing. And I was just like, oh, man, this is a mistake. It should warn you yeah. before before you kick out. I was at like 12 minutes. I was like, I just don't want to do another battle. I just haven't got the energy in me. 
because uh, it was really wearing me out those le- those leg um, moves because it was one of those levels where you have to constantly do squats and they had like mm-hmm. this- that drives me nuts well this wait till you get- I don't know if you got to it yet but there's ones where you have to do these swings and you have to squat and it- you have to squat way more than you think you do and like you're constantly it's like oh, squat no, again squat again yet. and it like swings and flings you off this swing but then mm-hmm. after that there's like the jumps and then you have to like squat to open chests this whole the course is just squats I think by the end of it I did like 50 50 squats just getting through this course and i was just like i i can't i can't do anymore so i just wanted to skip that enemy and just get to the finish line but now i know i've got i'm dreading it today because i know i've got to go do it again and i might end up cheating like you did pete and just do a bunch of mini games (laughs) yeah i was gonna say yesterday uh was i had officially the worst workout i've had but the streak did not break which is what is important i think uh, so yesterday, um, oh, so actually, I guess I should say this past week was my fiance Sarah's birthday. So we had agreed she didn't want a gift. She didn't want to do anything crazy. She just wanted me to make her a nice dinner on Saturday. Right. So I made uh, my Sunday sauce, which I've talked about on After Dark. It's just, you know, like a proper Italian uh, like meatball sausage. I pork ribs slow cooked for a few hours. It's fucking delicious. Um so I had to do that, right? And Saturdays are the day when I podcast with my other group, the Comics Pals. So we recorded two episodes back to back that day. So I'm done recording at like three o'clock. I was exhausted because I slept like crap the night before. So I took a nap that did not help at all. And I just <laughs> didn't wake me up, made me more tired. So I had to get up and go shopping and then come back and start cooking. And this is like not a short meal, right? There's a good amount of prep. You got to sear all this meat. You got to like it's 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 a good amount of of prep before you have to like wait for it to slow cook. So I didn't get to start working out until it's like already at eight thirty nine o'clock and I'm in the middle of cooking and I'm like wearing like, you know, a nice outfit because I'm trying to look nice. And I was like, all right, I got to get this done. Forget it. So I go and get everything. I took off my jeans and just kept on my button up shirt and was in my boxers and just did the squat mini game. and was like, <laughs> I'm going to beat my my high score. And like, that'll be what I'm going to shoot for today. And I don't know why I just couldn't get it right. Like the first time I did that mini game, I got an A rank and I was this close to the S tier. And I was like, I'm going to nail it this time. I did not even come close to beating my high score. For Honestly, I swear those squats as you do more, you just get worse and worse. Like it, honestly, it really is. I don't know if you've done the wide ones though, and they are so hard, yeah, so they hard. Are. They're yeah. a good workout though. Like you can feel how many muscle areas you're hitting, oh, yeah. and you're like, all right, this is gonna be worth it. You know I, how like when I was doing the original squats, they were murder until they weren't. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like my legs felt like jelly after that, which was why I just couldn't do it anymore. I was like, I just yeah. don't can't feel like I can walk anymore. <laughs> you let alone run. <laughs> Because is it, it's World Six, I think, which is the one where you have to fight all the evil versions of the four yes. workout people, mm-hmm. whatever. Like I'm still there, and I like just stopped because I didn't want. Yeah, like, so I, do boss I've fights. just finished that one. The next one, there's another one of those horrible leg gyms, Legs. which is what you're gonna okay, have to great. do. Yeah, great. So that's what I have to look forward to. Because um, that was one where I think it's when you fight Allegra um, to get to her. It's like. You have to do like a hundred squats. It's just like squat, 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 squat. You're just doing yeah, the hop, I know. you know. And I was like, "Son of a bitch, can we just get to the it fight?" It was squat, 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 <laughs> squat, and then at the end, it's like now go up this massive long staircase by doing a bunch of knee lifts after you've just ruined your knees by doing all those squats. But <laughs> get at it. 
Yeah. I- yeah. And so it's it's funny. Like, this was definitely the first week where I think, like, my body pushed back on me a little bit. Like, I had a bit of an ankle injury in the f- beginning of the week, and I had to take it easy. And then I was able to crank it up. And then I was tired on Saturday. So it's been, like, kind of ebbing and flowing. But, like, still feeling good. I'm still trying to crank up the difficulty and push myself. And I had, like, my best workout of the entire month this week, too. So peaks and valleys. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I just finished up fighting all of those evil versions of the four champion people. (laughs) And so today I'm just like, oh, great. It's going to be another Drago fight, which those those are always the toughest, I'd say, where it's like a really long fight. And now he's adding enemies in there. So I have to use all these moves that attack multiple people at once. And yeah, I I know you've played it before, but this one's not that bad. It's the one where he's got two dumbbells, and you just attack each dumbbell, get it out of his hands, and then you attack him. I actually found that fight really easy, which is why the next oh, yeah. day I went, I'm going to ramp the difficulty up even more to 20, and that's when it was that yeah. late gym, and I just wanted uh, to cry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's funny. I, I find the Drago fights only to be difficult when uh, I've already been playing the rest of the day. Yes. Like, the last time I fought him, it was the only thing I did that... that um session whatever Mm -hmm. and it was like oh that's actually not so bad because you don't have to do any of the running like it's just (laughs) the exercises and it's like that's not too hard you know it's that mixed with the cardio there's times when i feel like he's cheating where he's just like he brings in his friends again it's like they're back yeah it's just like seriously i felt like i was at the finish line and then or he's and then that fucking mat slides in and his health's back all the way up to almost four Mm -hmm. and i'm Mm -hmm. just like oh great Pro tip. Yeah, you if really you, got, you got to play the strategy. You got to take out the little guys. Yeah. It, well, if you defeat him, all the little guys disappear too. Yes. Yeah. So that, that is nice. They're like, okay, you, you made it through the main guy. You don't have to deal with everybody else. Yeah. I figured that out the last time. Not the last time I fought him. I think the time before that because he had re uh, summoned everybody and I was like, nah, I'm not hitting them again. He's almost dead. I'm going to just kill him yeah, and see what happens. Yeah, just go at him. That's exactly what yeah. I did. And mm-hmm. this was the first week where I felt, I really felt like this was a game more than just me doing workouts. Like I uh, I got to those four enemies that were previously friends and I went into one of the battles and I was like, shit, I'm all out of money. I've got no ingredients. So I had to go back to like world three and at this point, defeating the enemies in World 3 was like a breeze, super easy. I just did that like hip one, which looks like I'm doing like jiggling my ass and I'm just like <laughs> going side to side. Did that on all of yeah. them, blitzed through. I took one of those smoothies, like I think it's the white pepper smoothie that like doubles the items that get thrown down. And I was like, wow, this really is a JRPG. I'm just grinding for items yeah. so I can go and <laughs> defeat a boss. So I was like, this, yeah, this really yeah. does feel like any JRPG I've ever played. It's funny. But yeah, I'm 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 feeling good. You know, week three has, has been tight. I'm I'm looking forward to to wrapping up on, on week four and you know, um I know we haven't really talked about this element of it. Um and I I'll I'm happy to offer this, you know, no one else has to, but uh I've I've actually lost two pounds every week since we started. Um which has been great because like I haven't been super strict about my diet. Like I've been eating better than I used to in twenty twenty, but like you know, like Sarah's birthday and stuff, like we had pasta and, and meat sauce <laughs> and like we had cannoli uh, chips for dessert and stuff. So, like I'm still eating junk, but like because I'm exercising and I'm not, you know, eating like crap the rest of the time, 
it's actually still impacting me uh, positively, not just in building muscle, but I'm actually losing some weight too, which is cool. Um, so yeah, I mean, like I, I know I'm going to keep going p- past week four. I don't know that I'll play every day, but I feel like the habit has been formed and like, I feel so much better that yeah. I'm, I'm eager to keep going. I, I think for me, I'm going to go at the end of this and we'll talk more about it la- next week when it's the f- kind of ring fit February's over and, and how, yeah. we, how this fits in. But I think at the moment I'm thinking I'm going to go every weekday and carry on the 10 minutes every weekday and have the weekends off because I'm I know yeah. the weekends are, are my toughest like I after this we've got to record after dark then I've got to try and fit a a workout in cook dinner edit the podcast get it up and it's like ugh a rush it's a whereas lot. if mm-hmm. if I didn't have have that it would be like less daunting but then part of me is just like I'm trying to put this off because I don't want to do that leg day again and I know I've got to so I just need to suck it up and do it yeah 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 I want to like try to work in. So like I bought an exercise bike that I haven't been using because we've been doing this. So like, I want to try to like experiment, work in some other stuff, but I definitely think I see it being a part of my routine moving forward for sure. Um, Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. That's one thing too. Like just doing it every day, you definitely get a better idea of like what days are the worst to try to fit this in. And for me, it's like Mm -hmm. Monday and Friday. I really don't. uh, Those are the ones that I'm just like, uh, this is not, what I want to do Monday slightly is okay. Cause uh, you know, that's when I edit and like export my podcast and stuff. And I'm just like, Oh, it's going to be exporting for 40 minutes or so. I guess I can do it during this time, you know? Um, yeah. But Fridays for sure. I'm just like, Mm-mm. I'm not going to do it on Friday after this. <laughs> this week, uh, starting to do it like either on my lunch break or like, actually I was working out during meetings at work and I found that that was helpful for me where like I just had, my mic muted and I was doing the exercises like, you know, cause if anybody's ever worked at like a fucking in a corporate structure, like a white collar job, uh, a lot of meetings will be like, Oh, it's like a 30 minute meeting, but maybe you talk for five minutes of it. Or you yeah. talk for 20 minutes of it. So what I've been doing now, instead of just sitting there and like scrolling through Twitter or whatever, I'm like, Oh, well, I'll, I'll do half my workout now. You know, like I started on my lunch break and then for the first 20 minutes of the meeting, I could keep going, you know? Mm-hmm. And like, the best workout I had that or one of the best workouts I had this week was doing that. Like I had started, got 15 minutes out on my lunch break and was like, oh, whatever, I'll go for another 10. Who cares? Have either of you tried the multitask mode, which is aimed for that? Like is exercises you can do while doing something else. So if you like pick it from I the main menu, you can like do like. I haven't fucked around. Um, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, you can just do like putting things into your neck is the one that it demonstrates or like the arm ones so that you could be sat down watching TV and do other stuff and it like logs it on the ring con while your switch is on without you having to look at the screen. I like that. Um, I haven't touched that or the the rhythm mode because I tried to play around with one of the other ones and I, I noticed that like it didn't seem like it had the timer. Which is like obviously key to yeah. what we're doing. The the rhythm um, mode, so I, was, I know, having done that one this week, the fucking combo up down up down squat with it going like this. There's no way I'll be able to yeah. do the rhythm mode, so I might as well just not bother. I, I I'm gonna fool around with that stuff when we're done with the challenge, and then like I'm just doing it to get exercise in a week. I'm like, okay, cool. Like those might be things that'll be good, kind of like compromises for me on days like I had yesterday, where I'm like, I don't really want to work out but I want to do something Mm -hmm. and like, maybe I can fit that. Yeah. I've gotten to play with the rhythm mode and there is like difficulty settings for them. So uh, some of the easier ones I think are just the arms and they don't implement like the squatting and things. So that's pretty cool. 
Um, the other thing about them, though, too, is like you've never felt like a three-minute song was so long in your life. <laughs> <laughs> if it was like to I feel music, like be a I fun loved. One. Yeah, yeah. Like if it was like, say, like a... say they brought in the Smash soundtrack, and you could you could just have say I don't know Persona 5's dancer stuff <laughs> in there, and you're like doing it to the Persona Five soundtrack instead, or like the Mario music or some Zelda yeah. tracks. It would be so good. They do have a couple. There, there is a Zelda track. There is Splatoon. Um, I, I oh, think Splatoon one of the stuffs in there. That's so yeah. Cool. I, I want to say they have one or two of each of those. Um, but yeah, they did. They did add some, but a lot of it's just like the Ring Fit songs that we already know and listen to, and you're just like, I don't want that. No, nah, I'm gonna do the, this video game one. <laughs> I want it to be more like Beat Saber. Like, yeah, what you're saying, where it's like where it's classic songs you know. Like that Smash integration would be genius. Yeah, that would be amazing. <laughs> maybe we'll see. They added that, so maybe they'll add more songs at some point. All right, so let's jump into our main topic, uh, which is it is the 35th birthday of Zelda today as of this recording. Uh, so 35 years, 35 wonderful years uh, with Zelda. You don't look a day over, t- what's a, what's a, 25? Yeah, we'll say whatever. <laughs> Still looking good, Zelda. <laughs> uh, so we just wanted to like kind of briefly touch on on this, you know, give a little bit of celebration for this series, talk about our relationships with the franchise, some of our favorites, kind of what we'd love to see it uh, do this year and beyond, really. Um, so Chewie, why don't you start? Like, where 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 are you at as a Zelda fan? Um, yeah, I guess just a little background. The first Zelda game I played was Ocarina of Time, and I experienced it in a couple different ways. Where the uh, the first time I just watched my older brother play through it, um, he would come over like every weekend just to sit there and play for a long time and I was like I'm all about this I'm just gonna enjoy this ride as you go through it so I watched him play through it um it was definitely scary for me as a kid when I played uh there's a lot of really just like frightening elements <laughs> to that one yeah um but eventually sure, I they're did. frightening now like I scream when I see those spiders yeah yeah, and and the redeads freak you out a little bit too, right? The oh zombies. yeah, when you grow oh, yeah, up and you horrible. start seeing the redeads, they're they're terrifying. That's like the scream, scream it have. makes. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So eventually, I did like find the courage to finally play it for myself instead of just like watching my brother go through it. Because like I don't know, I've always been a horror movie fan. So for me watching it, I was like, oh yeah, this is great. For me playing it, I was like, oh, it's a little too much. <laughs> um. <laughs> But yeah, so that was my first one. Um, it took me a while before I played some of the older Zeldas and everything, kind of the more top-down 2D ones. Um, still, I'd say to this day, I still prefer the 3D Zeldas to those, um, but I think they're both great regardless. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Breath of the Wild for me was just like, yes, everything about this, I'm I, I'm good. I'm, I'm really enjoying it, yeah. so... Yeah, I'd say that's my last experience. Well, I guess I played um, Age of Calamity 2 to get more of that Breath of the Wild feel, but Breath of the Wild 2 has like, easily become my most anticipated game since sure. since Animal Crossing. <laughs> How about you, Steve? My The first Zelda game I've ever played all the way through is Breath of the Wild. 
which is probably crazy for a lot of people listening, but I had never got got hooked by the series prior to that. I famously have never liked Ocarina of Time. Um, I like Except now you do, right? Yeah, I I like it now. Now you're playing it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I've played in and out of Wind Waker. I think that game is gorgeous. Um, I've never completed that one either, so at some point I will go back and finish that. Um, I love Link to the Past. That game's gorgeous. It does so many things right. And you can see like all the way through the series where that to me is the definitive Zelda game. They got a lot from that and moved it forward. I've never played the original on the NES. I tried on the um, NES Switch Online collection. I just couldn't get on with it. It was too old for me. Was... You have to play it with a, a strategy guide, I think, in, in 2021 yeah. if you want to have a good experience. Like if you want to have the proper experience with it, God bless, but... I think a lot of modern gamers will struggle to have the patience because it just doesn't tell you where to go or what to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but if you have a guide and you actually just play it in order, like I did that for the first time uh, for a Let's Play series like a few years ago, and I actually found it to be pretty rewarding. I might check out at some point, but I'm I'm angling for like another 2D Zelda, like um, uh, Link's Awakening. Like I think that game was gorgeous, and it was so so different to every other Zelda. Like no other Zelda, you've got Goombas and Chain Chomps running around Hyrule. It's <laughs> like what? So uh, I I loved that, um, and I I think the thing I'm most looking forward to is Breath of the Wild too. But I also really want more Zelda games to come to Switch. Like I said on the direct yeah. special, it's crazy to me that the only two 3D Zelda games we're going to have on Switch is going to be Breath of the Wild, which is seemingly people think is the best 3D Zelda game ever, and Skyward Sword, which is seen as the worst 3D Zelda game ever. And we don't have <laughs> any of the any of the other classics like Ocarina of Time, Majora's Mask, Wind Waker, Twilight Princess. Why aren't they on Nintendo's latest console? Uh, and hopefully they do eventually make it there. I would like a 3D pack, but I would buy Wind Waker individually. I would buy Twilight Princess individually if if it came out and it was at a reasonable price. It, it makes no sense sure. that they're not here yet, just considering like everything from the Wii U has been moved. Why not give us those HD Wind Wakers and Twilight Princesses? I I honestly think they've been holding them. For this yeah. year, yeah, I for think the 35th, been, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so as as far as my relationship with the franchise goes, um, big Zelda fan for sure. Uh, my first was Link's Awakening on the Game Boy. Um, I famously told that story when it when it was remastered and Pixel and Steve made fun of me uh, forever that I was like a savant uh, bragging about it or something. But uh, I did beat that game as a child. It was the first Zelda I ever beat. It was one of the first. I think it was the first non Pokemon video game I beat by myself. Um, so it's very, very formative experience for me is Link's Awakening. And then after that, um, I got Ocarina and then I think the next one for me was Wind Waker. And it wasn't until the GameCube era when they had thrown out the, that disc where I was able to go back and try the original two. I did not get far with them. I completed them. Like I said, I beat Legend of Zelda just a few years ago for the first time. I've never completed two. Um, Majora's Mask, I played... God. Isn't that crazy though that like even the GameCube had them ported to it? Like it's been on every Nintendo here. console since <laughs> the N sixty four, but it's still not available yep. to buy. It's mad to me. It's odd. It's certainly odd. Um, I played Wind Waker as a teenager, 
and um and then I I wasn't into Twilight Princess and Skyward Sword, so I kind of I was a bit of a lapsed fan, I guess you could say. Like I had played the 3DS ports of Ocarina and Majora's when they were on 3DS, and like I played some of the handheld stuff from that period. Like I, I played um, uh, Link Between Worlds and and some of those things, but um, you know, I it, Breath of the Wild was really a return to form, I think, for the franchise because I think Zelda, um, even at you know Nintendo's most uh, family friendly, most you know kitty whatever you want to say like Zelda has always I think been a franchise that feels larger than life it feels like a bit like a big boy game you know kind of thing like and that was unique among Nintendo franchises is that it has that you know whimsy and that level design and the the music and the iconography that you expect from a Nintendo game but with a little bit more maturity, it asked a little bit more of you as a player. And those were things, especially as a kid, like overcoming them and figuring them out, like made me feel smart, made me feel accomplished, you know? And like, that is what I think is so special about Zelda is like, it is tap. And that's what Breath of the Wild did. It tapped into the original game and it's Zelda's about the aha moment, mm-hmm. right? It's about being, I'm in a place and there's a thing I need to solve and I know I have the tools, but what do I do? You know, and like that to me is the core. It's that and it's that sense of exploration and discovery, Mm -hmm. you know, and to me, like that is the most important thing for where it goes next is that it holds on to that, is that it learns the right lessons from Breath of the Wild. And it, it doesn't have to be any of the like the weapon degradation or like the glider or all the climbing, like all those things are great. And, you know, I want to see some of that stuff stay, but like none of that is core to what Zelda is, right? What made Breath of the Wild special is that you could walk over, like every time you came over a hill, you're like, I wonder what's going to be on the other side. (laughs) And you knew it was going to be satisfying. Yeah. Like that's what Zelda needs to be. That's what it needs to hold on to. Yeah. um, For me. Yeah. And there are a couple things there too, because I I agree with you for sure. Like Breath of the Wild was for me, a change that Zelda needed. Um, Ocarina of Time played it had a great time classic it's hard not to love it uh majora's mask pretty different take on that whole system for sure like everything was very it was just different overall with like the time travel the time the clock kind of always counting that one and link's awakening are both so like out there you know yeah yeah they really did something different with what they what the with the assets that they had from there we got like wind waker twilight princess skyward sword and like after a while i was just like twilight princess i got most of the way through that game i'd say there's like one dungeon i skipped and i think i fought the final boss for my brother because he was having trouble with it and i was like all right I'll, I'll give it a go so like i got most of the way through before i dropped it and i was just like man it just feels like i've done this before and yeah it just feels like every game after ocarina was chasing ocarina yeah yeah it was basically trying to emulate that and Skyward Sword, I couldn't get through the intro to that game. I Same. I would love to revisit it, but I don't know if I'll be interested enough to. But like Breath of the Wild, just like dropping that formula that has been true for, I don't know, 10 plus years or so of the game. I'm just like, yes, this is what I needed for this game to feel fresh. And I'd say for it, like moving forward, 
I mean, they could get away with this again for me. <laughs> using mm-hmm. a lot of the yeah. same stuff. I'm like, there's not much that needs to be like really improved with stuff. Um, some of like flipping through inventory and things can be a little bit of a pain, but I don't know. I think they nailed it. And even to the point where it's like, Jackie will see me play some games here and there. And Zelda was like the one, at least Breath of the Wild was the one she questioned the least. Cause she was like, Oh, it makes sense. You can just go up there. Like, and other games yeah. you play, and it's just like, why can't I go through this area that clearly looks like I can go through it? You know? The physics in Breath of the Wild are so underrated. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't think I've ever played a video game that had that moment that you're describing as much, where it's like, oh, I wonder if I can do this. And the answer is 99.9% of the time the answer is yeah you can probably you can think of it yeah. you can probably do it mm-hmm. like chopping down the tr- a tree to make a bridge across the river so you don't have to swim across it it's like why yeah. wouldn't yeah. you be able to do that but yeah, what other video game can you do that it's, it's None, just right? like mad that all of these things or like the first time that I had like the balloons and I was like, oh, I wonder if I put all these on a, uh, a boat will it fly like can I make an airship you sure can <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Why not? Yeah. So just like the the freedom that they created with that game, I'm just like, I don't know if I can go back to the regular old dungeon style of things. I, I mean, I think they no, could be I'm, well I'm implemented, but, but I don't necessarily feel like I need it as much as I did before. I don't, I don't feel like I need it, but I do think, and this is something that while we've been playing Ocarina on stream, um, I've been kind of thinking a lot, is that like, I think it would be really cool to see a return to dungeons and dungeoneering, but not getting rid of the rest of the elements of Breath of the Wild. Mm -hmm. So, like, if Breath of the Wild 2 was that there are, like, seven dungeons or whatever, rather than the Divine Beasts, and those take the, the place of that as, like, the static events in the game, but the rest of the overworld is still Breath of the Wild esque, I think that could be really cool. Cause then you'd get, like, if you get to the point where you're like, ah, like I'm, I'm kind of done exploring right now. Like I, I want to do something a little more focused. You could go do one of the dungeons, you know? Mm-hmm. And I feel like that could be a cool way to break up the vibes of the game. And then you could go underground and have like very different architecture, very different like style of, of the dungeons versus the overworld. I, I think that could, it could be neat, but I think that's what's so cool about breath of the wild is that it tore away all those conventions and did something fresh and showed you that Zelda could be something else. And now it's like, well, if you want to go back to some of those wells, they'll feel fresh again. But if you don't and you just keep pushing forward, I'm good with that too. Yeah. But also, like, I feel sort of like the shrines kind of accomplished that in a way. And yeah, I mean, to some extent, this was also like a little bit of a disconnect to me in my head at points where I'd like go into a shrine and it's a space that you really have to think about very differently because it's not quite like the overworld, like that exploration for one, like all of the materials in there, they get rid of your climbing power. Um, And that's like a big part of the movement in the outside all of the tools that you use aren't like your weapons and regular stuff it's all Sheikah slate things and so every once in a while like when I was stumped on a shrine it was basically that like my brain hadn't flipped over from here are the overworld mechanics here are the shrine mechanics kind of yeah. thing so you know to that extent I wouldn't mind like 
a mix of those two, like a true mix of those, because we don't get that too much in Breath of the Wild, where it's like, here's this world, and here it is with it having kind of elements of the shrines implemented into that, rather than having it like very separate areas. Yeah, and I think that would be so neat, because then you could like experiment with like uh, deeper puzzles that are like Mm multi-layered, you know? Um, Because, like, that's kind of, like, how the dungeons work in Ocarina, right? It's, like, you go there, you achieve a certain set of things, you get an item that allows you to interact with other parts of the dungeon. Like, it brings that Metroidvania element to Mm -hmm. it. And I feel like that could be cool built upon the bones of, like, what Breath of the Wild did with with the shrines where you do have, you know, maybe it isn't that you get a special item and that's how you beat the dungeon, that it is, like, you have those set levels of tools and it's, like, hey, like... You know, there's going to be some combat and stuff in here, but this is way more oriented on you, like, getting inside a space, becoming familiar with it, figuring out where you're supposed to go and what you're supposed to do in what order. Because that's kind of how the Divine Beasts were, right? Like, they are way more like dungeons than than not. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're also a lot shorter, and they're not as, like, multi-layered, so I don't feel like they feel as memorable. Because that's what I like about the dungeons in Ocarina, is that, like, you're like, oh, right, like, when we got to, like, the Dongo's Cavern, for example... It was like, okay, like, first you have to go to the right wing and go solve all those other things, and then that'll open up that door over here, and you get to this other part, and then when you get the bomb bag, you got to backtrack, and, like, it, it, you, even as somebody who hadn't played Dodongo's Cavern in, I don't know, maybe 10 years or something like that, right, like, since the 3DS, um, I remember the phases of it, mm-hmm. you know, and, like, I, I remember the beats of it. And the different enemies you find in different locations. And, like, I think that could be really cool um, in the context of a more Breath of the Wild style experience. Yeah, and and that totally reminds me, like, the the Divine Beast overall felt very samey. But at the same time, there was one Divine Beast in particular that had kind of the most memorable moment of my gameplay in that. And that's when you first go into... Uh, what's the divine beast with uh, that's in the volcano? Um, th- oh yeah, the li- the lizard one. Yeah, the lizard yeah. one. That one you start out in like pitch black when you first enter that, and I was and I just wished that moment played out a lot more. Where I was like, oh cool, I have all of these tools that I learned where to like you know kind of combat the nighttime in the overworld mm-hmm. that I'm now applying here and. I, I wish that moment lasted a bit longer because I was like, oh, this is kind of tense. Like, I don't really see where I'm going. I've got to make sure I've got my fire and find all these things. So I feel like that's a good example of how they can mix kind of the overworld mechanics with the shrine mechanics and just make those puzzles a lot more interesting and a lot more exciting. Mm-hmm. And I think having those kinds of puzzles be able to be solved in a Breath of the Wild style way where there's like, hey, there's actually probably like four things you can do mm-hmm. rather than <laughs> like in Ocarina where it's like, go in this room, hit this target, go to the next room, beat this enemy. Mm-hmm. Like, it's very like, if this, then that. And it would be so cool to be able to be like, you've got six tools, maybe three of them work here. Like, figure <laughs> it out. Like, you know, what's the way you want to tackle this? Um, Because that's what's also really fun about Breath of the Wild is that, like, we could play the exact same sections and complete them totally differently, you know? Mm -hmm. Any other thoughts on what we'd like to see next? I think the only other thing I can think of is, like, what Steve said. I'd love to see 
more of the legacy titles come forward, see more of the like the Link's Awakening style remasters of some of the older games. Like, I think other than that, I'm just I'm ready for Breath of the Wild too. Yeah, I mean, outside of that, I just say I still really want to see Zelda become playable in some form. Yeah, sure. And we we got the trailer nailed last week, and how they're going to reveal it. So, I think we can we can safely let Nintendo have that Fingers one. Cross. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, hit, yeah. Free, feel free to steal the idea, guys. I'm, I'm giving. <laughs> All right. So, uh, happy birthday again, Zelda! Thanks for everything you've done for us. Uh, looking forward to celebrating your birthday the rest of the year. And uh, remember, if you want to catch Steve's first ever playthrough of Ocarina of Time in honor of Zelda's 35th anniversary, we've been doing that on Twitch.tv/slash Lupots every Thursday. We are in the process of getting the archive of episodes up for you. Uh, somewhere so if you've been if you've missed them or whatever and you missed the beginning and you want to watch it in order don't worry it'll be on youtube for you pretty soon um so yeah uh before we bounce and i get into the rest of the plugs chewy let everybody know uh where they can find you all that fun yeah stuff. i am chewy plays or chewy plays nintendo everywhere youtube twitter twitch and i host a podcast called haken an animal crossing podcast so it's all about animal crossing um but yeah that's basically where you can find me awesome check it out and thanks again for joining us, Joe. Yeah. Uh, and then, again, if you guys want to get us, you know, we are at Loot Pots, wherever you get your video game content, where they're making some content for you. We've got the uh, main YouTube channel where we've got our video essays. We've got the Potscast channel, which we are, of course, trying to hit 100 subs. So if you are there right now, please click that subscribe button. If you're not, please navigate over there and click that subscribe button. <laughs> I would really love to see us cross that 100 uh, subscriber milestone this week. Um, so please, please go be a part of that. Uh, and then, of course, we've got the Twitch every Thursday. Like I said, go check it out. We'll probably be back uh, this Friday or another day again with more Mario. Um, you can keep up with that stuff by either following us on Twitter or heading over to the Discord. Uh, we've got a Twitch channel over there where we're you know, updating when we're going to go live, letting you know what's on the schedule, all that kind of stuff. So if you want to keep up with the cool stuff we've been doing, those are the two best ways to do it. We don't tweet very often, so if you want to go and put on tweet notifications, you'll pretty much exclusively get updates about when we're going live, when the, this show goes up and, you know, cool deals and stuff like that every once in a while. So um, I think it's worth doing if you want to keep up with the cool stuff we've got going on. And then, of course, last but not least, if you want to show your support, you can head over to patreon.com slash where for just a buck. You'll be able to get access to our episode of After Dark for this week where we're going to be talking about Scanners, uh, which was a dumb 90s toy, and uh, Mario Party E, which was a e-reader Mario Party title, uh, as well as probably some other things. So if you want to get that and all the 70-some-odd-plus episodes of After Dark we've done in the past, just a buck gets you all of that extra content and really helps us out, helps us keep the mics rolling and uh, grow and do all kinds of fun new stuff. Um, so, yeah, I hope you'll go support us in all those ways that I just outlined. Um, and, of course, you know, I hope that your year so far has been safe, that you're staying sane, and uh, that you're, you're playing some good games. So with that, that's been this episode of the podcast. We'll catch you next week.